It's a beautiful day at the homestead. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Tower, the Omni Homestead Resort's original podcast series. I'm your host, Jesse Bruton. Today, we're speaking to Seth Ellis, founder and owner of Bacova Beer Company. Seth, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, like you said, my name's Seth Ellis. I own and operate Bacova Beer Company right in downtown Hot Springs, Virginia, alongside my wife, Emily. We got two kids, and they're a fixture at the brewery as well, and we just love what we do. So what brought you to Bath County? So Bath County, we landed here about seven years ago for jobs. Uh, my wife and I worked for the United States Forest Service as part as management of the National Forest System and brought us here, and here we are for good. What is it that you like best about brewing beer? The smells, honestly. That's kind of what really uh, drew me into it to begin with. Sure, it's the science, it's the chemistry and the art behind it, but it's also just the smell of the malt, the smell of the hops, the smell of the yeast, the smell of just everything brewery-related. It, it just appeals to me so much that I want to do it for a living. And so how long have you been doing it? So I started homebrewing back in 2008, and then we opened the COVID Beer Company in 2018. So it's been around 13 years now that I've been brewing beer very consistently, because even as a homebrewer, I was extremely avid, uh, dialing in recipes, staying up late, drinking beer, brewing beer, and everything about it just appeals to me. So yeah, it's been 13 years now. I'm so excited to record this episode because before I came, my husband reminded me that it was during the first season recording that y'all opened up the beer company and we were able to be some of your first customers. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was, uh, it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like an eternity now. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the first time you ever visited the homestead? What was your first impression? Man, so I was on a work detail working for the Forest Service down in Covington and I was uh, on my way back down the mountain and didn't even know the homestead was here. So I was traveling south on 220 from Warm Springs, just kind of tooling along. And it just the pastoral landscape, which is Warm Springs Valley and Bath County in general. And then, you know, saw the golf course and it was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Golf course in the middle of nowhere, you know, and then then you see the resort and it's like, what is, <laughs> you know, not knowing it was here, then seeing this massive hotel and resort complex. It was kind of breathtaking, to be honest with you. It was, it was pretty amazing just to have something because, you know, somebody had to have a vision for that, right? And me being an entrepreneur, you know, I had a vision to start a company and start a brewery, but whoever originally had the vision of this resort and hotel is pretty amazing because, I mean, Hot Springs is the middle of nowhere now. I couldn't imagine, you know, 250 years ago, it was really in the middle of nowhere, you know what I mean? I mean, you had to get here horse and buggy. If you were coming from Richmond, it took you like three days coming over the mountain. But yeah, the first time I ever saw the homestead was a total surprise, popped out, didn't know it was here, and it was very awestruck by it. Awesome. So where does the name Bacova come from? Right. So uh, Bacova, Bath County, Virginia, Bacova. So it's, it's beer brewed in Bath County, so it's Bacova beer. I understand that your family plays a really important role in this company. What's their involvement? So um, my wife and I run it. And then we have two kids, like I mentioned before. And so they're, like I said, fixtures at the brewery. They're not home. They're at the brewery. So it is very family oriented. But even beyond that, family 
goes beyond just blood to us. It's, you know, the people you choose to surround yourself with. And that extends to our team members, our employees. They are like family to us. So we do this thing we call Last Tuesday, and uh, we get together as a staff, and we have a meeting, and we do a potluck. Everybody brings something. I open the taps up, and people can just help themselves. And you can bring your spouses, your significant other, bring your kids, and we just all come together and have a family meeting. And we do that. We eat together and break bread together and drink together. And then we honestly have a serious meeting about the state of the business, and people are free to speak up and and have their say. And we talk about issues, what's going right, what's going wrong, what can we be doing, what shouldn't we be doing, opportunities to chase. So it, it really gives, you know, our work family ownership in the brewery and the things we do there. So this concept of family not only, you know, includes my wife and kids, but it involves our work family as well, because we are close. I mean, if you spend that much time together, you better do it with some people you like, right? <laughs> so we, we do incorporate that concept of family, but we are a true family-run, family-owned business here in Bath County. It seems as though the craft brewing industry has exploded in the past decade. What do you think is driving that demand? Well, there's two things. Uh, the first thing is it's easier to start a brewery now than it used to be. Before like the 1980s, it was the big guys, right? You didn't have these craft breweries around and the federal government and the state governments individually really didn't have a lot of experience with these smaller breweries. And the guys that really, you know, had the startups in the 80s, and I'm talking about like the Sierra Nevadas of the world who really broke ground and really paved the way for people like Bakova and others to start their thing. So a lot of it's been leniency in, in the laws and making it easier to open breweries. The other thing is people realizing that there's more than just yellow fizzy water out there. There's all these beers and all these variety of beers that people might think are trendy, but truth is they've been around for millennia in all their shapes and forms. It's one of the oldest drinks in the world. I mean, we've been making it and brewing it since before people even recorded history. So it's really exploded lately because I think of those two things. People are realizing now that's like, hey, this IPA is good. I've never had an IPA before or, or whatever, you know, because people will come into the brewery and be like, I don't like beer. You can't accept that. There's so many different varieties of beer. There's something for everybody is what I'm trying to say. And um, so it's like, try this, try this till we find something they actually like. So what's the process of when you want to create a new beer? So yeah, all these are old homebrew recipes that I brewed for 10 years over and over and over and over and over. And then I scaled them up to, you know, the commercial size that we're doing now. So that was a learning curve. But, you know, it's kind of like building a sandwich almost. You know, you take what you like and admit what you don't like and you kind of blend them together. There's that kind of creative side to it, but then there are specific ingredients needed to make, say, a Kolsch or an Amber Ale that must be there, you know, per style guidelines for you to be able to call it this style of beer. So there's the sciencey part of it and the traditional part of it, but there's also this creative part of it as well that really has drawn me into making beer and loving beer in all of its shapes and forms. Is there anything that is currently in development or recent releases we should know about? Yeah, totally. We just brought our uh, Hay Fever Blonde Ale back. We brewed it last summer and it was a hit and we thought it was like, oh, it's just going to be a summer seasonal kind of thing. But we brought it back this spring and now it's a, a year round beer that we're going to have. 
Other than that, we just got another fermenter, a smaller fermenter, because basically in the brewery, we have a five-barrel brew house and we have 10-barrel fermenters. So we got to brew two batches of the same beer to fill a fermenter. Well, we just invested in a five-barrel fermenter, so we can do some really true small-batch stuff, real seasonal stuff. So next month, we'll be brewing an Oktoberfest uh, to be our first lager and hope to release it, you know, October 1. So on the table in front of us, we have about eight cans of different brews, and all of the labels are so charismatic. There's one with an angel. There's one with a very angry Irishman. <laughs> there's a kid on a bicycle. There's a woman like the You Can Do It iconic poster. Can you tell me a little bit about the can design and the naming? Because all of them have pretty inspired names mm-hmm. too. Yep. Yeah, totally. So I'll start with uh, the Rosie the Riveter right here. This is our So Fresh, So Clean IPA. Uh, that's my wife on the cover of it. She dressed up as Rosie the River one Halloween and uh, <laughs> and she wanted her own beer label, you know, so it's like, here you go. But the So Fresh, So Clean IPA and that name, you know, it is that kind of uh, shout out to the Outcast song. But also when I, when I first kind of perfected this beer, not perfected, but first really kind of dialed it in on the homebrew level, she tasted it and she took one sip and just said, this beer's just so fresh and so clean. I was like, there's a name right there. But yeah, we have the uh, the Sally Amber Ale. That's my daughter. Her name is Sally Amber. There's Harris Porter, the kid on the bike. That's my son. His name is Harris Porter. So both of their middle names are named after styles of beer. I'm not the other way around. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we do have, you mentioned the angry Irishman down there. That's Furious George. That's our English IPA. And he's angry because some stupid American brewer has put American style hops in his English beer that he loves so much. So he's furious about it. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of as simple as that. Then we do have our Connor O'Malley's Irish Red, which is, that's our dog. And uh, he's dressed up in a suit and looking very dapper. So um, yeah, we got some cool labels. We've, we've been very fortunate with them. Is it appropriate to say you can take the whole family home with you? So if you come into the brewery and you want to take some beer to go, you can get what we call the family four pack. It's um, the So Fresh, So Clean IPA, the Sally Amber Ale, the Harris Porter, and the Dirt Surfing American Pale Ale, which my wife says was me, totally unintentional. But you can get the family four pack. They're 16 ounce cans. And if you get that, we'll throw in the dog for free. So obviously you're canning your product because we have these amazing cans with the lovely labels, but how else can consumers enjoy Bacova beer? Yeah, totally. So uh, you can come into our tap room and obviously we do pints and you can sit and enjoy a pint with anything from our kitchen or just drink it alone. We do flights as well. You get your choice of six, four ounce tastings of whatever you want. We have 10 beers on tap currently, expanding to 12 soon. You can also uh, purchase a growler or get a growler filled. We do accept outside growlers to come in. We'll fill those as well. Or you can just straight up buy a keg and take it home. Or if you're going to have a party, we rent those out. And we also rent the couplers to go with it. So 2020 was a brutal year for businesses just across the board. How did Bacova keep up and keep growing? It was an extremely hard year for all of us. We went on defense for like a hot second you know, and then realized really quick that it wasn't us. We went on the offensive and started delivering beer to people's houses. You know, ABC relaxed the delivery permit law and we were able to, that allowed us to be able to do that. So very serendipitous that we started canning in January of 2020 
And then, of course, the pandemic hit this part of the world anyway in March. So at first, I was just going to do it locally, just buy our beer online and I'll deliver it to your house locally and have a lot of um, connections in Blacksburg and Charlottesville, just friends. And uh, we used to live in Blacksburg and I was part of a homebrew club there. And I put it on Facebook, hey, we're delivering beer locally, go to govbeer.com to purchase. And uh, one of my buddies in Blacksburg is like, is Blacksburg local? I was like, maybe. And so we got the word out and we started doing beer runs to uh, Blacksburg and then reached out to some friends in Charlottesville. And so we did beer runs for 10 straight weeks in um, March, April, and May of 2020. And then things started to pick back up this past winter. We did some beer runs again to those same places in January, February, March, and we did one in April as well. So um, I think that's how we got through it. I really think by going on the offensive, we're in a much better position than we are now. That's been fortunate for us. We were able to successfully pivot and do home deliveries and keep Beer to Go going during the height of the pandemic. And I think that's that's helped us out a lot coming out of it. And didn't the brewery also expand and now you have a restaurant there now? Yeah. Yeah. Hardest year the food and beverage industry has seen ever. And we opened a kitchen. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity was there. It was in the same space. It was vacated and uh, we were able to pick it up. But that's been pretty awesome. It's been a huge learning curve for us, but we got some awesome people over there that just work their tails off, kicking out some great food, really, to pair with our beers. What kind of menu items are there? Yeah, so we have some what we call pub fare, nachos, and we fry our own tortilla chips right to order. We have tachos, which are loaded tater tots, basically nachos, but tater tots, Uh, you know, soft pretzels, chicken wings. We do have a salad now. We do uh, wood-fired flatbreads. There's a brick oven in there. So we're doing four different kinds of flatbreads. You can get gluten-free crusts as well. And then we do these big sandwiches. Uh, Reuben and the club are probably our two signature sandwiches on that side of things. That's awesome. I know we're going to sample a couple of beers later. You're going to have to tell me what pairs best with what we're going to sample. Sure. Yeah. So every time I visited the brewery, There's an incredible sense of community there. Like everyone is a friend or neighbor, even if they don't live locally. Is that something that you've intentionally cultivated? Not really. You know, uh, the the original vision for the brewery was just to open and provide our beer to the community and just be a gathering place. And it's really taken on a life of its own. We have a lot of awesome local people who support us and drive people to us, you know, and the two things people are really hungry for, especially coming out of COVID, are community and meaning. People have been doing this for millennia, right? Go down to the pub, you know, hang out, maybe drink, maybe just eat, whatever. But we're social animals, you know, and even coming out of COVID, people want that. And some people forget how to act. I mean, you guys seen what's going on in airlines right now, right? It's like you lock people up for a whole year, then you let them loose. People forget how to act, Right. But the community that we have at Bacova Beer is a pretty amazing thing. I think it's special and unique uh, because you don't get that many places. It's a place for everybody to come in, rich, poor, man, woman, black, white, doesn't matter. Come in, have a beer, hang out, and everybody feels good about it. And so I feel really fortunate that we've been able to provide that spot. We have one customer who refers to our place as Bath County's front porch. As you can sit out front and you just... You know, wave to people driving down the road. Somebody stops by, hangs out and talks for a while. So it has become a community place. It's nothing I did or we did. It's really been organic and and grassroots in that respect. Someone recently shared 
that your motto is purveyors of liquid hope. Where does that come from? I'm a podcast guy and I listen to podcasts. I was listening to one, it was on business. And somebody had a definition of hope as having something new to try and being willing to try it. So I was like, I got something new, you know? And if people were willing to try it, maybe I'd give them hope, you know? So we came up with that tagline, purveyors of liquid hope. Well, on that note, I think that we should try a little sampling of liquid hope ourselves. Absolutely, let's do it. So we'll start with the Kolsch. This is our German style ale. It's very Pilsnerish. So it's a little bit grainy, a little bit weedy, kind of in the nose and in the flavor as well. Very light colored. Yeah, let's pop it open. Oh my gosh, it just smells delightful. I haven't even taken a sip yet. Oh, and I just took a sip and I'm so glad I did. When you say light and refreshing, that's mm. so right on. Yeah. Like this is something that I want to have on a warm summer's day. Exactly, right. What about, why don't we do a little nod to the Dirty South and have the So Fresh, So Clean? <laughs> Absolutely. So this is our standard American IPA. It's um, really simple malt bill. It's just enough sweetness to make the hot bitterness not so harsh. So it's 70 IBUs, which uh, IBUs is International Bitterness Unit. So that's kind of the scale they use to measure the hoppiness or the bitterness of a beer. So 70 is fairly high, goes about 100. So let's do this. And this is one of our best sellers. So right off in the nose, you can kind of smell some of the hops. It's not overpowering, but it's just enough. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, I don't love overly hoppy IPAs. I think that it's really easy to get heavy handed, yes. but this is really, it's interesting, it's complex, but it doesn't overwhelm everything. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I was talking to my buddy who owns a bakery in Tennessee. And it's just like when I was talking to him about beers, he's like, you know, all this, because it was a fad for a while. It was like grapefruit IPAs and citrus IPAs. He's just like, just make a beer, just make an IPA. You know, and I was like, that's a good point. So that's what we did. <laughs> All right. And it looks like the next one we have in line is our Connor O'Malley's Irish Red. <laughs> yeah, this is my boy, Connor. He's a Husky. I, yeah, I know you guys can't see the labels if you're listening to this, but um, he's a Husky and he's a Red Husky. So we always thought he was kind of a, uh, look like an Irishman. So we put a nice plaid suit on him and stuck him on a label. So when um, people come into the brewery and say they don't like dark beers, this one's deep red in color, but besides the Blondel, it's the, the least hoppiest that we have. So don't let the color fool you. It is very smooth, very malty, very almost caramely in, in taste and flavor. Oh my gosh, that malt just is mm -hmm. so prevalent yep. and so, I don't know if sweet is the right word for mm -hmm. it, but it's delightful. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not so, because it doesn't have a lot of hops in it. Yeah, that the, the malt sweetness really comes through. Because that's kind of why people started using hops, because the beer was like too sweet. So they used the bittering agent from the hops to cut that sweetness. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So circling back, because we are drinking the dog beer, is the brewery dog friendly? Absolutely. Yep. We can't allow them inside now that we're a food establishment. But front porch, parking lot, absolutely. Excellent. 
So all of these are delightful in their own way, but they have very, very different flavor profiles. What would you recommend to pair food-wise with each one? Yeah, totally. In our kitchen, we have a full menu of sandwiches, flatbreads, pub fare, like I mentioned before. That American IPA, you can never go wrong with an IPA and pizza. So those flatbread pizzas, absolutely, um, any one of them. We have four on the menu right now. Three different bases. We have a marinara base, we have a pesto base, and we have like an olive oil base. And then for the kolsch, that, that can go actually with pretty much anything. Chicken wings, I think in particular, kind of a lighter beer with kind of a heartier food kind of thing. And then the Irish red club sandwich, I think would pair extremely well with that, just with the heartiness and the maltiness of the beer paired with just the, the meaty goodness and the bacon, which is the club sandwich. If someone falls in love with your beers and is outside of the delivery area, what's the best way to get a hold of them? Right now, it's just at the brewery. We do have some stuff in the works. So a little teaser here, we're working on a distribution network, probably locally to begin with and branching out from there. Hopefully in the next year, you'll be able to get them regionally, maybe as far as Roanoke, Stanton, and then hopefully going on from there. So if a guest had only one day to spend at the homestead, what's one thing that you'd insist they absolutely cannot miss? So... We are, you know, we're very passionate about our beers, but we're also very passionate about the outdoors, specifically mountain biking and trails. So I would not miss a good hike if you're into that kind of thing. Just get outside. I mean, really, just breathe the fresh air. You know, whether you're just walking around the golf course or just walking outside on the grounds, outside around the casino area, just get out and breathe. Because, I mean, you remember... Not too long ago, there used to be like oxygen bars in airports and in cities and stuff, and you paid for it. Well, come to Bath County and breathe our fresh air. It's it's even better, and you don't have to pay for it. (laughs) So just get outside. Just get outside. Enjoy the weather, and you'll be better for it. What's an insider's secret? Something that you tend to realize once you're here in this place, but that no one would know without actually having visited. I'm going to go back to Trapper's Lodge. That place is just, it's amazing. It's right on top of Warm Springs Mountain. It used to be on homestead property. It's not currently, but it's rich in homestead history. I heard somebody say, I haven't seen it, but apparently somewhere around the homestead, there's a picture of like, women in these long dresses and dudes in tuxedos having a party up at Trapper's Lodge, like a big cookout. And I haven't found it yet. And I don't know where it is, but I'd like to find it from like a hundred years ago or whatever. So there used to be some big shindigs up there back in the day. But Trapper's Lodge is, is an amazing place. It's not far from the homestead. You got to hike into it about a mile, but it's quiet and you won't see anybody else. The air is clean. It's just a wonderful place to go and chill out. Well, that's all the time that we have for now. Seth, thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I had a good time too. Thank you. Learn more about Hidden Treasures at the Homestead by listening to our entire podcast series available at theomnihomestead.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and many other podcast apps. Or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
For exclusive offers on the Omni Homestead and other Omni Hotels and Resorts, sign up for Select Guest. The program rewards members with a simple way to earn free nights and access to exclusive offers. Plus, returning members enjoy perks like complimentary daily beverage and more. Beyond the Tower is a production of the Omni Homestead Resort in Hot Springs, Virginia. The title music, Welcome to My Homestead, is written and performed by David Hill. Our executive producer is Lynn Swan. Our producer is John Kendall Royston. And your host is me, Jesse Bruton. Many thanks to all of our talented guests. For information about how to book your next day, visit theomnihomestead.com. Omni Homestead.com.